McKinsey came out with a big study back in 2021 that was about the highest amount of women are leaving the workforce ever. They're burnt out. And I have no doubt that this idea of mental load is contributing to that. Welcome to Power Up, a podcast full of insights for women that lead. Hosted by Nat and Kristen from PowerSuit, we're on a mission to amplify your impact as a leader. Join us each week and we'll share with you what's shaping our future from AI to Gen Z. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in to the 10th Power Up episode. And this one is going to be perfect because Kristen gave us 10 episodes to get it right. So how are you feeling about perfection today, Kristen? Oh, it's all on. It is all on. Great. I'm feeling confident too. And today we have a support animal in the room. We have Juno who is lying on the bed on Kristen's jumper because that was decided to be the best way to stop her whining at the door. But that's quite lovely. Apart from bringing you animal stories, At PowerSuit, we are committed to giving you the tools and confidence to build a career on your terms. And today, hopefully, I'm going to say is no different, but actually it should be different because it should be perfect. So what are we going to talk about today, Kristen? (laughs) No pressure. We're going to talk about mental load because it is making women sick. McKinsey came out with a big study back in 2021 that was about the highest amount of women are leaving the workforce ever. They're burnt out. And I have no doubt that this idea of mental load is contributing to that. It is giving us mental fatigue. We are household project managers from the kids to the chores to everything at work. Absolutely. I always find it hilarious the work inequities and the gender pay gap and you just look at the split that at home women are expected to do jobs that they're not given in the workplace. I saw this morning, I was thinking about this this morning and happened to see on Instagram and I won't name who put it up but it was very timely and it was a little quote about the mental load which I thought was a nice way of putting it so I just read it out please. The mental load is one of the hardest things, and this is about motherhood, but I don't think it's just about motherhood, because it's invisible, because it's expected and necessary, because it's silent on the outside and sirens on the inside. It's like constant project management, sometimes mental, largely momentous, menial, sorry, (laughs) largely momentous, often heavy, mostly hidden, sorting, arranging, organizing, balancing, planning, preparing, anticipating, remembering, remembering remembering it's like having 200 tabs open in your brain at any given time and switching off might mean losing them all and I understand what it means to have 200 tabs open because I always have 200 tabs open on my screen oh well I feel like I do on both screen and brain I really relate to that I think it's fantastic it's so interesting in relationships women tend to do a lot of the groundwork and when men come in partners come in or or female partners come in I don't know let me know Nat turns out it's different (laughs) is it okay well in in my experience and from what I've read from research is they come in at decision time and so we've considered all the factors we've done all the groundwork everything from buying a stroller to deciding the schools we do all of this stuff but guess what we invite men in at decision time Mm -hmm. and so so it, that, again, is just this invisible work. So I love that statement. Before we deep dive any further on mental load, because we are going to chat about it both at in a home context, in a work context, I want to know if anything scared you last week, Nat. Yes. 
and it didn't actually scare me to start, but on reflect, it was a secondary scare. Oh. Is that what, what you call it? Okay. So we had our first mentoring session last oh, week we did. with our for part of this accelerator, and Kristen and I, I think, are both pretty comfortable with feedback. But we're in early, early stage with Power Suit, yes. and I think this was the first time someone has given us brutally honest feedback, mm. and it was amazing. Mm. But it's. It is confronting when you hear it. And I think we had asked so openly for just get in and talk to us about what you really think. And I find that ridiculously valuable, but it does afterwards when you sort of leave going, okay, they have made 10, probably about 10 very valid challenges to, to what we were thinking. And not only is that one of the biggest gifts they could have given us, and it's probably taken us leaps and bounds forward. Afterwards, you get the sense of almost exhaustion of like, okay, now we have to start and work through every one of those 10 things. So I think that for about an hour, I found really scary. And then I remembered, well, this was just something that a couple of hours ago, I didn't know was the case, but was still the case. And now I know it's the case. So it's a known unknown now. And so I can actually work on it. But what about you? Did you find that scary? I just can't. No, I didn't find it scary. But I love your, I I love your, the way you worked through it is that you de-risked a risk that previously was unknown, Mm. which is so much better for our business. Mm. And uh, I love that. Uh, That's really great. And then it sounds as though to get through it, you also just broke it down into the steps and we just have to work through one yeah. at a time. Yeah. And, and I've actually had so a really good. productive week since working through them and asking other people to challenge me on those points to mm-hmm. be like, think about these things when I'm telling you this. And that's actually led to a lot more quality feedback because a lot of people it's almost are too scared to tell you, yeah. right? Or, or, or is it prompt, you're helping, you're prompting people on the specific challenge yes, we had. Yes, because yeah. I think especially a lot of people who we talk to a lot about this have been with us from day one mm. on this path. So they know all the context. So they're not hearing it for the first time. So they get where we're coming from. Whereas someone hearing it cold is like, these are all the different things someone could get confused about. Mm. So Love yeah. It. What about you though? Um, I, just a very small one. And it's probably from my, I don't know if it's Canada or my upbringing, but there's very sense of there is a hierarchy in the world and people with bigger <laughs> titles are more important than you and you step into line. And also I started in the corporate world and that was very much a thing. See, sweet blah 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 so I think the little scary things are that we're doing outreach to try and get organizations on board to roll out power suit pilot in the organizations and naturally you have to go to decision makers and that sometimes are really important really busy people with so, good job titles yeah so we using just give like, ourselves good job titles it will be equals <laughs> well we're definitely um yeah we're definitely see something um <laughs> but we did a lot of linkedin research that last week was on linkedin if people want to know the power of it we're really back back the power of outreach sorry we did linkedin outreach and learn how to do it by listening to our podcast and we got a lot of great initial meetings some Mm -hmm. ignored naturally but it's always scary to go into a meeting with someone who's relatively important at an organization so that was scary going in and being vulnerable and not having a title and not having a thing and them having all of those worldly things especially when you're going through (laughs) their assistant and you're like hi we're nobodies we're studying this new i want to dig into that one shortly (laughs) but yes so that that was probably scary the way i got through that was 
uh, it's always helpful to recognize these people probably spilt coffee on their pants that morning. And what I mean by that is they are probably just as much of a mess as we are. And I am not a mess. Look at me. I'm sprawled out on your bed. <laughs> you haven't brushed your hair, I can tell. I have not brushed my hair. Yeah. No, I had a nap. But you know what I mean? Like these people, even though they're dressed in really crisp white shirts and they're well-spoken and we've been given half an hour by their executive assistants, they have probably spilt coffee on their pants that morning. Mm-hmm. And it just gets it to it gets it to a real human they're probably walking their dog at night they're probably enjoying time with their families on the weekend so that is how I got through that which was a little scary thing putting yourself out of the comfort zone and remembering everyone's human but uh, my just so you know my yes. way of getting through that is you know how I think we are opposites of each other in confidence yes. areas yes so when I'm feeling really underconfident you'll pull me up in these situations I don't have that worry at all because I genuinely I have the positive way of looking at it and the negative and the positive is like I back what we're doing so yes. much that they're lucky to talk to us. And the ha, negative is, love it. if they don't, yeah. when we get rich and famous <laughs> and they come crawling after us, I'm going to take so much joy and be like, oh, remember that time? <laughs> we actually are genuine in who we stand by, and good. it's the people who supported us when we were nobody. <laughs> good, good, good. I have great visions of that. <laughs> Noted. I'm going to adopt that one. What excited you about Parasuit last week? We got our first paid customers. Yeah, we did. And I actually brought this up at a party with Kristen on Saturday night because I was like, I've talked to other people about it, but we haven't celebrated and Mm. we're big fans of celebrating and we just hadn't got around to this one. And it's not big and it's not necessarily core stuff, but we have gone from a no income business Mm. to an income generating business in the last week. And there is something (sighs) so exciting. And I remember back in the days at Hatch and remember we had a whiteboard and we would literally write every new customer and they'd got like five a day and we'd celebrate the first hundred dollars and then the first thousand dollars and even though this feels a very uncertain time I remember looking back at those early images and so I keep trying to take photos now of those things like we took a photo the other day of the person who designed our new updated logo yes and just because in a couple of years those are going to be just these amazing milestones that we can look back on however things turn out Ah. and just go remember those days so I'm feeling really stoked about that and I presume you are too but do you have anything else yeah for me it was a realization that we have an ecosystem around us and for those that aren't aware with Hatch we started with a corporate actually backing us it was a slightly atypical startup journey in that our backers for money and for you know political clout and any sort of clout I suppose was a big corporate business and so we really didn't have an ecosystem of entrepreneurs and the tech community and a bunch of mentors and advisors around us support us to support us through that journey but not only that we had an organization we were looking to disrupt and that was also challenging because Mm -hmm. they would they wanted to kill us in in a way symbolic way of course they were we were threatening to the we were threatening to them but then we didn't have the love of the community and it was a really hard battle and so we this is why corporate innovation never works generally, but we were, you know, one of the few that made it work out of sheer determination. But I realized with PowerSuit, because we are starting it uh, on our own and very much like some of the other startups we've done, in that I put a call out on LinkedIn. I think I mentioned this in our last podcast about some learning about coaching and some of our PowerSuiters looking for coaching. And the number of replies, I think it's over 50 at the moment, and the number of people that have sent messages. And then we were out somewhere and people were 
really encouraging about Parasuit and we get these nice emails and I just thought we've got finally because we deserve an ecosystem everyone does everyone deserves a community because life is hard and work is hard and I just thought oh we've got so that is what I'm excited about yeah that is actually amazing love it love it so back to mental load because I think this is an area that we haven't spoken about before. We did do an article on household chores and how to have those direct conversations about Mm -hmm. how to split them more fairly. You can find that on powersuit.com. But with this one, you know, we want to chat about our own personal experiences and as they relate to mental load. And what do you think about women and multitasking and the concept of multitasking? Is that, tell me, because you wrote an article today. Yeah, I claimed it at work a while ago, probably 10 years ago. And I said, I'm a great multitasker. And this very smart guy looked back at me and said, no, you're not. No one can multitask. And he actually sent me a couple of articles about what it actually multitasking is and science has studied it is very quick jumping between tasks. So you are asking your brain to go this way, this way, this way. And I am actually very good at that. But all the science said it's absolutely exhausting for your brain and it's not actually healthy. So that concept of and something that I think a lot of women are proud of, which I was up until I got schooled on it, of being really proud of being multitaskers, he well and truly changed my mind. And now I'm very much a believer of it is a tool. If you can context switch really quickly, that is a great tool to be able to utilize when you need to. But it's actually not great in general because you get tired. You also, what we were talking about in the newsletter this week, you teach yourself to not concentrate. Mm. And one of the most productive things you can do is actually take some time and spend it on one thing. Yes. Whereas that co- context switching you can call it multitasking if you want to, but it actually doesn't. It untrains your brain and it gives us that distraction mindset and half doing things and you get overloaded. So Love it. I no longer ever claim to be a multitasker. Well, and there is that saying of women get shit done and we are known to get a lot done and it's possibly too much because we're not having enough deep work. And so mm. on powersuit.com tomorrow and the newsletter, go ahead and take a look at, uh, I don't know what we're going to call it yet, if it's the myth of, of multitasking, but Nat has written some really great tips on how to actually stop and get into deep work and have us do some really important work. Because you know, after a day of meetings and you go, oh man, now I have to go home and do work work. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to try and call it call that and so we've done a little bit of help and just just quickly for anyone who doesn't know what deep work is because i don't know if it's like uh could be a tech thing it might be a tech thing but the concept of deep work is that people sometimes call it flow state it's that idea that you can get yourself into a state that you're so focused on something that you are working at a high productivity rate so you're producing high quality work quickly but also you will recognize it if you've been in it because you probably put your head up three hours later thinking it was 30 minutes because time kind of gets lost because you're just so absorbed in this thing yes and when you think about how little we do that these days because we you know we've got tv in the background or kids yelling at us or meetings interrupting us that it's actually this incredibly good productivity tool that we have to train ourselves to do if we want to do it and i think most people would recognize it you know when you have that deadline and you're really getting into it might have been a uni paper or it might have been a budget that you have to produce or a blog or Mm -hmm. something but also for any of those that do any knitting or crocheting or i Mm -hmm. surf when you are you have to be so focused in the moment that it is called the state of flow and that I think boosts endorphins I think scientifically because there's nothing like being incredibly present in the moment absolutely so I'm sure everyone's experienced it what are the worst offenders in your life well I 
I always feel like I'm an exception. I feel like I come in here being like, well, I'm different, but <laughs> I, I've lived alone for 13 years. Wow. So I both take on all the mental load and also only the mental load for myself. Yes. So I, what, it, well, actually, no, I suppose in my life, it's probably work and friendships and both of those things I've worked on a lot. So yes. friendships are, if you are the default organizer, if you have, like I have an extremely close circle of friends. So there is actually a lot of stuff between us that we organize and so sharing that load around organizing events organizing trips all that sort of stuff that I and also taking on their emotional load and all the rest of it I think we've actually gotten very good at sharing but I've had to work really heavily on and I think it was in was in a personality test maybe I did it at Hatch where it was saying that my personality type is someone who will take on other people's emotional load very quickly so if someone feels something I will feel that feeling or get really upset about it so I've had to train myself to say I can empathize and I can support but I can't go down that rabbit hole with everyone because that hurts and at that party that you alluded to on Saturday night uh, I was speaking to a palliative doctor who we just said how do you do this work and she said their story is not my story, mm. which I loved. I found it so profound. You go in, you have a moment in someone's life where you feel their pain. You're interested in their story. You learn, you support how you can. But when you leave, that's their story. It's not yours yes. to take on. I loved it. I thought you that can was great. be a supportive friend without, yeah. I think it, I, I use the term going down that rabbit hole without falling with them, yeah. which is, I think, a tendency that yeah. I've had in the past because I haven't had kids at home and a husband like I haven't had no but you've just explained it I I think you've done a really great job of exactly that because you are even your place up the street is the place where everyone comes to you're the social center (laughs) so I that that comes with all of it for me it's probably the family calendar that has been the most painful raising these kids with in a family of two career two career adults and having Mm -hmm. to juggle that very busy children that have their own incredible lives and it's this never-ending to-do list and I think routine has been really great for me but you know it tips me over the edge is that the little things out of the routine that actually take me thinking and figuring out what it is so for example this sounds so silly but mom my computer's not working or mm-hmm. mom my the dog chewed my retainer it, it, it it's just it actually tips me over the edge because it's one now it's like that I have to now go stop and have the energy and willpower oh. to sort through someone else's problems. Because it's, it's actually, it's oh funny because goodness. I'm we, we're staying up in um, Kapiti at the moment, Kristen and I are a couple of doors, a couple of doors down, but I'm staying with one of my best friends who has these two amazing boys, incredible boys. Mm. But it's so fascinating as a non-parent watching that dynamic and what you've just said is exactly what she experiences, that it's, they drop their wet togs on the floor and then they come asking where they are or like how do I put my shoes on they're a bit younger than your kids or reminding them to take their plates back up to the table and it's watching it even with this in my head is just it's just relentless and there's such small things but the overall addition of them all and I'm just like she never gets a mental break like she can't just sit back and not worry about things and it's so I just find it so impressive to watch but tiring well I, I look old is all I'll say but no you but, don't but we the both home, look so young the home I do have a hack that works and the home and life juggle is uh probably what breaks me because actually that's not true we'll get to work in a little bit and I'll share a story but I think you know what's really helped is Kyle is a is a true partner of mine but it wasn't always that way not to say he wasn't but I really did 
you know, when I, I did stay home with the children initially in our relation, when I first had the kids and you have to take on a lot of the home responsibilities because you do. And it's invisible. And so it, to Kyle, well, I'm sure he just didn't even know all well, the stuff that was happening. Yeah, no, that's right. And and it was interesting then when I went back to work, there wasn't this time where uh, I said, oh, well, hang on a sec. I can no longer own 100% of the kids' calendars and where the nanny, this nanny is, or if the nanny's sick, guess who's juggling? It is me. And it wasn't until was he... That. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> until he recognized the value of my career was the same as his. Mm. The same and that Which is was... actually great for him. And I know that sounds like patronizing, but I know a bunch of people whose husbands have oh, never no. got there. And it could be that the women are paid less, and so they're not valued the same. Or they're but... paid more and their husbands have a big problem uh, with that. Possibly, possibly. Another, another story, another time. But for us, it was he realized how much I cared and that I had goals and I had objectives as it related to my career. So he all of a sudden realized. And so we divide and conquer. And you know how we did it? First of all, we absolutely have household chore divide and conquers. I never even I don't even know how the garbage gets out what day it is I don't even no, know he's told me before you you're like it's so amazing in this house I just put my cans on the end of the bench and then they just disappear <laughs> so I've got this handyman that just hands, it, hangs great. around it's great but you know what we do which is funny one we use cozy app that's a little bit of a hack it's a family calendar that we share that has all the kids sports and who's doing what and everything so that's called cozy c-o-z-i but we divide and conquer with our children. We They've actually, taken one kid each. We've taken one kid each. I don't know if people do three kids, four kids. Sorry, I can't help you. But Kyle takes my son. I take my daughter. Anything related to my son, my husband has to sort. He needs to figure out where he needs to be, sporting things, schooling things. And when Grayson comes to me and says, the dog chewed my retainer, I say, go talk to dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then I take on my daughter and I, that's helpful. It's bizarre, but it works for no, us. No, I like it. Yeah. I like it. It works for us. Except for when Kyle goes away and Kristen goes, I've taken on a new taxi client. So <laughs> I will not be able to hang tonight. <laughs> oh, yes. I No. Yeah, that's right. He was away and I had to all of a sudden take my son to football which was disrupted all sorts of things any hacks that you you have well I got a girlfriend so that was probably the best one <laughs> and now share I'm the ne- load now I never cook yeah it's actually such a funny dynamic oh, yeah. because I'd only ever been with men before as you know yeah and that dynamic is it's so funny because I always thought if you're generous people give generosity back but yeah. I think it's just a mindset shift of if sometimes if you're generous people go great <laughs> I love the Kyla and Kyla dynamic. I know we've they got both pies. cook. <laughs> if we need to get a ride to the airport because we're oh. power and suiting, one of them we say, "Can your Kyla or can my Kyla?" We've just do decided it? to connect them to organize our it. lives. But no, she has. She loves cooking, and I'm not a cook, but I also have been known to be a workaholic and that's one of the first things to go that I just subsist off toast yes. because again I don't have a family to support Great. so I don't have to look <laughs> after myself so the first three weeks of COVID the first lockdown I went to the supermarket once in like three or four weeks and I just didn't have time and yeah. so it's so great having someone who does that it's also I think for me going back to the emotional thing it is so nice to share the emotional load like mm-hmm. having someone who when you're down helps you get back up. And I know all my friends do that as well, but there is a difference when you come home. And I think that has been a real weightlifter for me. So I definitely think there is something in having a great relationship where that happens. A partner. The second one is (laughs) I bought, well, my sister gave me a robot vacuum cleaner. And I got told this years ago at a leadership course, 
outsource the stuff you don't like to do. And I don't mind cooking. I don't mind. I mean, I don't really do much of it anymore, but I don't mind cleaning. I don't mind doing the dishes. I really hate vacuum cleaning. I don't know why. And mopping is just not something. So having this robot, I go out of the house. I called it Robbie. There's something about having a man cleaning up after me that I like. <laughs> He's like a two-year-old. He gets very confused, but he does the job. Sometimes I have to make him go around oh. again, but that's not really mental load. So I'm very much of the belief of hiring out if you can or robot vacuum cleaners are actually not my one my sister is, i'm gonna uh, get one we'll In find fact, a link to me. it to put it because it was actually a cheaper brand but really effective so you shamed me the last time you came to my house so i'm gonna get a robot <laughs> and it goes under beds and couches so you don't get those dust things the third thing i have done over the years is i have quite a high standard of i think we both do of how tidy and clean we like our houses to be but i have come around to i think one of the things that women can do is we don't drop our standards and we get really frustrated when we can't meet them. So I've come around to the idea of there will be times when your house is a bit of a trash pile Great. and you can make that decision to go, this is not my top priority right now, let this one go. Yeah. And so you actually can control the times where you just go, no, I'm Low, not going to do this. Lower some of the standards. That's really helpful. And recognizing that we've given a lot of tips to women, I just want to put it out there that governments really should be helping women to join econo- the economic workforce and output of all of our country's GDPs Absolutely. by having really great after school options, by having affordable childcare, even getting to school. I find it really tricky in cities that don't have great public transport. Getting your children to school is one more thing you need to worry about in the morning, uh, which is not that helpful. So great public transport. We used to have yellow buses getting us to school in Canada, which is fantastic. And finally, I would say that men need to be supported and have access to flexible work, parental leave and childcare. Well, and so equality that is a, benefits everyone, right? That's right. And as, as a, a society. moment, that is a, yeah, yeah that so, is one of So the with work, just jumping into one example that I can think uh, outside of the household in terms of mental load is I remember traipsing up four flight of stairs with bags of chips and beer to keep all of the hatchlings happy on a given Friday. So every Friday we want people to engage and share and we celebrate and we connect. But guess who's out doing the grocery shopping? Mm. This is a classic, classic thing. Although I would say it's funny in that case because absolutely you shouldn't have had to do it. But there was something about... And I think sometimes when leaders do that stuff, it's like in the All Blacks I heard years ago, no one is above cleaning the changing room. No. And I think there's an element of that, but not every week. No, and you know what's you know what's funny though, is when we're booking all these meetings and in the past, all all of these important people seem to have an executive assistant. Yeah. And you just think we're never we're not there. We're a startup. Love getting in the trenches, but it is just one more thing that I felt like didn't have the help and I'm not gonna delegate that because that is something that a leader should do but it was one more thing that I had to worry about well, I know that yes. feels strange but I remember going recall going to the doctors and I was really stressed at this point and not sleeping you know I don't sleep when I'm stressed and I all I wanted to do was a doctor to give me pills I wanted mm. to go and just say give me something to help me sleep because when I wake up in the middle of the night it's not a fun time not a good party I'm irrational and think really scary things And the doctor said, I'm not going to give you pills today. But what he did do was force me to do exercise and talked about mindfulness and meditation and how I can actually incorporate scientifically backed healthy things in my life to do. Just give her a pill, man. Like, give me a, I know, I was like, just give me a pill. That sounds hard. But he did say, you need to minimize all the load because your value and your your leadership team's value is in their brains, is Mm. in their strategy, is in the way they're thinking. So anything that is small, that doesn't move the needle, 
you have to offload that Mm -hmm. and so that you can focus your energy on time on the important things so that along with some of the exercise stuff was helpful and it is interesting because I think yes like I said before I think there is that element of no one's above cleaning the room but it is something that I've paid attention to this probably is a terrible thing to say but I never did any dishes at the office I'd put mine in the dishwasher but I'd never unload it because I read something about how women yes do most of the cleaning at the offices do most of the social club do most of this and I have paid attention now through my career and this is I mean this is probably a hack slash tip yeah if you're noticing at your office that women are organizing all the social events and just don't just don't like, do it I don't I like I did it we both did quite a lot of that sort of stuff at Hatch with social events and what is it employee of the month and all these cool things yeah. but actually it's not like we can instigate it yes but it is not our job to do it and yeah. I just I was like, I feel bad. And then I sat with that for a while being like, why do I feel bad? There's like 90% of the people aren't doing anything. Yes. And I'm happy to have a meeting about who should do it, but don't assume you should. Love it. Do you know what I'm loving about working at home? And this goes to Tim at Apple. Mm -hmm. And No, it's not Tim. I'm sorry. It was Steve Jobs. What am I talking about? Steve Jobs at Apple was wore a black turtleneck and jeans every single day because it reduced the mental load of him figuring out what to wear. And then, of course, a lot of startup founders did that but honestly waking up and it doesn't matter what I wear if I throw a hoodie on and working reduces my mental load not having to worry about what to wear and going to the office it sounds so silly no, it's just because I Kyla said the other day <laughs> when I was at this party did I tell you no and she was like it's so funny because <laughs> I used to think before I got to know you you're a glamazon you always looked like this mm. and now I realize you never look like this but well but it's I dropped. think I agree it's just not it's the stuff that takes up time it's that's that sort of outsource or Bre- just lower your standards yeah the coffee and the breakfast and the rush and the this and the that's her yeah look there's no easy answer we're not here to give answers trying to give a few little hacks for work I tend to prioritize all my work in my calendar when I know I have to do something I actually block it my calendar and I'll put this project or that task or this whatever Mm -hmm. and the things that don't get done don't get done but Nat you are in product and UX this is literally your expertise area and you develop products and services to reduce mental load I just thought it would be so interesting for everyone to hear a little bit about how you do that and why. In products? Yeah. Well, it's actually funny because Lulu, who is our director of design at Hatch, I learn a lot from her, but we used to have conversations about good and bad friction. Yeah. And we are both big believers in this, that there is a lot of stuff that is just bad friction that we should remove. And that stuff like when you sign up to an app and it's one click rather than having to go through a giant long form that you still get like doctor's offices and stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some good examples, but there's a lot of apps or things that require you to think and do and uh, and what you look at with apps like Duolingo that we both like with things like Hatch with all these amazing apps, Google, that they remove all the bad friction. Yeah. So you go, you can type in a word now and the actual tech behind that to make that happen is huge to go, how do I limit the amount of time you have to think, you have to add stuff in, how do we limit that? good friction that we should keep in these products that I think the world has accidentally or on purpose removed Mm. a bit too much of is things like we call it the infinite scroll tools like Facebook Instagram TikTok are all designed to keep you scrolling so they remove good friction which is the whole thing is designed to stick make you stay there to be addictive it's very much like a pokey machine where you're constantly thinking when's the next dopamine hit come when's the next great picture it's never coming if you haven't liked the last 50 it's never coming shut it down it's designed to remove good friction 
um, when we started Hatch, there was a rise in all these investing apps and they almost gamified investing. So it was really celebratory when you bought shares, really quick to buy and hit. sell. And we said, that's not actually the right way to invest. You should actually have a bit of friction to make sure you think it through. So that's, I mean, very quickly a summary yeah. of just to pay, pay attention if you're someone out in the world playing with apps, what is good friction and what is bad friction yeah. and use apps that remove the bad friction but be very wary of apps that make it really easy to put in place bad addictive things oh so cool and hopefully when we build power suit it's going to be perfect simplicity to remove reduce the mental load for women yeah and we will have a couple links in the resources if you need to have a hard conversation with your partner about sharing some of the mental load because it is invisible these links actually have some great advice so check out the resources in it and to close out nat how are you tracking towards your goal do you have something you're tracking towards at the moment well I would say the yurt thing again but I haven't progressed on it at all Mm. um I did have a bit of a fumble with exercise this week because we've been trying to do twice a week just going out sort of that uh, cognitive load mental load thing of I'm shocking at prioritizing important things so we've been trying to go twice a week and Kyla went away and that threw my schedule <laughs> because I rely on her to go and then yeah. I follow. That's something I've passed on to Kyla, her. So letting we, the team down. I know. <laughs> so we've actually made a commitment to get back into it because that's the stuff that's really easy to get off. So Well, I and, failed as well. And what about you? Did I failed. you fail? Yeah, I did. Uh, the six pack didn't isn't going anywhere this week because I had far too many chips and chocolate. <laughs> so this was a bad week. Maybe I'm at that time of the month I'll, I'll report back it could She's be alluding to a future topic for us yeah period hacking that <laughs> can't wait to do it period so, hacking and so, menopause two topics in. close to our so we had, we had some fails but we also had successes hope you enjoyed that check out powersuit.com for resources on Nat's great article on what deep work is and I how like we you're can really giving me credit for this article. We yeah. normally share it, by the way. Okay. We edit we each do. other's we and we go week to week. We but do I'll share. take full credit. But check it out. Please give us five stars because we are gaining traction with this and we love it. We love having you listen and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.